0: I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth Ministries. I'm going to show you something, and I gave some papers out to the people that are here. I'm not as smart as you think I am, but let me tell you a secret. Neither are those guys on radio that you listen to teach. I'm going to show you a trick, okay? Uh, Whenever I say, this word is only mentioned so many times in the New Testament, you may think me or one of those radio preachers uh, read all the way through the New Testament counted the times nobody does that there are gimmicks to that Uh, when you look up a word in your Strong's Concordance take your number in the Strong's and look it up in the word study concordance this will give you every time that word is mentioned in the Bible in fact that paper I gave you, if you look at it, look up at the top left corner. It says cross and uh it's got the number of times it mentioned, but I didn't put it on there. But it this is every time the word cross is mentioned in the word study concordance. And I made the statement last time I preached The daily cross is not mentioned in the book of John. You know, I know that. I looked at the book of John here, John 19, 17, John 19, 19, 20, and 21, 31. And it's talking about the day that Jesus was put on his cross. That's the reason I knew it wasn't in the book of John. And then I looked down here and there's no first John. So we know it's not, not in any of John's writings. And then we showed how that it was up here. Uh, the first time it's mentioned the word cross is mentioned is in matthew ten thirty-eight, and and every time jesus would talk about the daily cross he'd say you have to take your cross and die daily when you look at the word Arnaomi, right under it it'll say 720 that is the strong's number and then look to the right of that 31 times that word is mentioned in the bible and this is every time it's mentioned in the bible and notice i've gone down and marked some things because i was going to talk about those particular words so and this 107 107 is talking about where excuse me the 1469 is talking about 1 colon 469 that's where it's found in the Kittles, Dictionary of New Testament Greek words, and uh, then you go down here. Opera neomai is number thirteen. Oh, it's mentioned thirteen times, and it's seven twenty-one. And opera is is I've u- I've used this to show you that opera neomai is in the King James Bible, Luke 923, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. It's Aporneomai there, and if you have a if you have a NIV, it says Arnaomai, not Aponneomai, there's a difference. Aponai has the idea of taking a cross every day. And then up here you've got Sunfoneo. Uh number I believe it's 1856 i uh, kind of blotted out the first letter and symphonae sounds like symphony and it is and when you, this is every time symphone is mentioned in the new testament but it's also in phonesis in 4857 and that's mentioned one time and it says what concord hath Christ with Belial. What symphony? Mm-hmm. Sumphon means to blend together. There's no blending with Satan and Jesus. And then you have Symphonia, and it's the word music in Luke fifteen twenty five. That kinda helps us understand a symphony is something that has to blend. You have to have a one three and a five note in a chord unless you're using a particular chord uh seventh ninth or a seventh or a sixth ninth which is a weird sound to most people but you can have discords and that's what the bible's saying then you have sunago well sunagogeo is the word synagogue and i brought out this is all the word sunago synagogue, sunago, comes from sunago, sun means together with, and ago means to lead, and then you get have the word homologeo up here at the top right, that's 3670, it's mentioned 23 times, Homologeo is the word confess, and whenever I will say the word profess, is the same word that you have to go down to Titus 1 you go to Titus 1 and 16 and it's the same basic word so and you get on down here to the bottom I haven't used these much homo tekias is that word uh, the same or or thirty six seventy four homu means together means to be together and so i hope you'll i hope this will help you some it's not these guys are not as brilliant i don't care if it's john macarthur or i don't care who it is or if it's uh down in florida it don't matter who it is they've got you have got this program on the internet that you can go to and see how many times something's mentioned if you can't find a word study concordance word study concordance they quit printing these I wouldn't take anything for it this is my second favorite book upside my concordance because it'll tell me every time a word is mentioned and it'll tell me and on the right it'll tell you what words it comes from Uh, if it's got uh, and when it's got two numbers over here if it's got one number to the right it comes from that word or this this word homo comes from 3056 and 3674 homo and logos I'm not a genius nobody is that tells you how many times that's mentioned they've either got a program or they've got a word study concordance and you've also got an old testament that does the same thing And that's where I get a lot of information. Don't believe that a man has read through and counted every time a word's mentioned because he hasn't. I don't care how smart he sounds and he wants to sound smart if he doesn't tell you where he got it. I'll give you all my secrets and I'll go get more, okay? I don't really like these guys who pretend they're smarter than they are. Now, I've been talking about demons being self if the bible says we have to take our take our cross and die daily and crucify self then we crucify the demon that is in us you may get tired of me talking about demons that's like saying I'm tired of you talking about self and crucifying self and repenting of self because that's what it is the inner man is Christ in you the born again experience the new birth that is Christ and I keep going back you cannot exhaust this subject I keep going back to the inner man and the outer man the outer man Paul said you say Jim isn't this the same thing you've been talking about do you know how many places you got the inner man and the outer man in the Bible over and over and over again and then he tells you under this inner man what this outer man what you have to crucify i don't think most people even know this or even registers with them the outer man is the flesh it is self and it is eliminated by a daily cross And that doesn't happen overnight. It takes 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years to get rid of this outer man. You're living for mainly the inner man. Whenever you're born again, you're all exuberant and say, I'm going to go out there and win the world for Christ. And you don't because nobody can win the world because the world can't be won the bible says straight is the gate now is the way that leads to eternal life and only a few people will find that only a few people will believe daily cross debt to self self self-denial and that they have to be hated it takes a long time when you start telling people about christmas is pagan easter's pagan predestination is true god does not love everybody You have, I've had people that call themselves Christians go to church and say, well, I don't believe in predestination. I look at them like, and say, well, you have to believe in it. It's in the Bible, and you called yourself a Christian? Didn't you know that? And they'll go, get this puzzled look on their face like, that's the best thing to say to somebody that calls themselves a Christian well, you call yourself a Christian, you have to believe it. it's in the Bible. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Whom he called, them he also justified. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. You don't believe that? I quoted verbatim from a King James Bible. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ unto himself according to the good pleasure of his will. You don't believe that? It's in the Bible. We have obtained an inheritance of being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who works all things after the counsel of His own will. You don't believe that? It's in the Bible. i got a t-shirt it says predestination. And I've got uh, Romans 8, 29 and 30, Ephesians 1, 11. I believe it. It's in the Bible. I've, that's what it, the t-shirt says. I believe it. I've said that to several people along the way and they'll go, when I say it, it's in the Bible, and they call themselves Christians, one went to a big Baptist church here in town, one went to a big Baptist church out on the other side of Nashville. I said, you have to believe it's in the Bible. And both of them looked at me like, how can that be? I never heard of it before. They didn't say that, but that's what they meant. Now, you've got to, I'm using a verse that's a springboard verse. Romans seven twenty-five. this is the verse that's the springboard to all of this other Romans 7 and we're going to look at a lot of these places where this inner man and this outer man they're at war with one another the inner man is the real you that's the newborn believer you can't be the inner man without a new birth. And God has to birth you by His will. The Bible says that we were born, speaking of the new birth, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Of His own will beget the inner man in us. James one eighteen, And he says here in Romans 7.25 I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord so then, With the mind I I myself serve the law of God, and with the flesh the law of sin. Well, let's read the verse before it. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this dead man that's in me, which is this outer man? The only way you're delivered from it is over the years, God's got to beat you up with tribulation. What gets rid of that inner man is a daily cross. Daily Cross and comes in the form of tribulation, tribulation, persecution, just I'll put P E R, persecution, fiery trials, tribulation, I said that, fiery trials, and anything has to do with God dealing with you and over the years he will deal with you and get rid the inner man will increase and increase and increase and will wipe out all of your pride it will wipe out all of self it will wipe out the demon of self we've said Jesus called the man with the unclean spirit in the first chapter of Mark Jesus rebuked him when when he thought it was many demons in him and Jesus rebuked him self A-U-T-O why would Jesus rebuke self if it wasn't self why A-U-T-O is our auto an automobile means self mobile an autobiography means a biography written by one's self with the approval of self so What I want to do, I've got to kind of review a little bit with you to go to some of these other places. This whole part of this chapter, chapter 7, I've had more questions on this. What does that mean? It means exactly what it says. Paul is talking about two men in him. And he says, I'll read just a couple of verses. Verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, carnal means fleshly it's the word sarkikos s-a-r-k-i-k-o-s it is a form of flesh which is the word s-a-r-x so carnal sarkikos means to be fleshly I am if you'll notice am is a being verb in it's present tense so he's saying while I'm writing to the book of Rome, it's present tense. For that which I do, I allow not. He said, I do not know that in my life. I don't allow it to come, but it comes anyway. For what I would, present tense, that's, for what I would do, I, I do not, do I not. For what I hate, which is sin, that's what I do if then I do that which I would not sin I consent unto the law that it is good now then it is no more I that do present tense do it but sin that dwells in me for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth he says it's in the flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me and how to perform that which is good I can't find in me he said i got this old man and he that's why he says in in verse 24 wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from the body of this death then he says in verse 25 he says there uh, I thank God through Jesus Christ I, I with the mind I serve the law of God that's the inner man but with the flesh the law of sin and then he goes into that next chapter which I'm just going to have a slight review on it because it leads you to Romans 8 and 29. Anytime you're looking at the Bible, chapter and verse is not there in the original text. They only put chapter and verse, they only put 8 1 for our sake so we can find where it is. All they had was one scroll. The thought continues. Then he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. The thought from verse 25, it continues. Those that are in Christ Jesus is the inner man and who walk not after the flesh, that's the outer man from the previous chapter, the last verse of that seventh chapter. But after the spirit, which is the inner man. For the law of the spirit, of life in Christ Jesus the inner man hath made me free from the law of sin the outer man the subject's not changing let me just skip through here and just give you a quick review and he says in verse 7 the carnal mind is enmity against God the carnal mind carnal is sarkikos fleshly the outer man is enmity ekthra E-C-H-T-H-R-A. extra hostile to God. That outer man is hostile. It wants to break God's laws every day because the flesh likes sin and it has to be crucified. Then he goes on to say, So then they that are in the flesh, the outer man cannot please God. And then he says much the same. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. You're not the outer man, but the inner man. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you, the Spirit of God is in you, that's the inner man, that's the new birth. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is not of his. When these Charismatics and Pentecostals say, uh, getting filled with the Holy Ghost is the second work of grace, no, it's not it's a continual work of grace and then he says down here in verse 11 but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you it's dwelling in you that's the inner man he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies the outer man quicken Z-O-O P-O-I-E-O Z-O-O P-O-I-E-O. If you can keep it back, quicken means to make alive. Over the years, as God destroys the outer man, very slowly, the outer man dies hard, doesn't he? You don't want to give up. The flesh, the lust of the flesh, the covetousness of the flesh. He'll quicken your mortal bodies these bodies right here that are mortal what will they do over the years you will begin to witness you will begin to take your cross and you'll come to a place where you don't care whether people crucify you or hate you or not i don't care i've got so many people angry at me one more or less don't matter and i don't care if it's a family member or what It takes this to go to heaven. You can't go to heaven by going to church. You can't go to heaven because you walk down an aisle. You have to be changed by God. He has to birth Christ in you, and over the years, he will get rid of the outer man, but not all at once. Whenever I say you've still got sin in you, I didn't say that. John said that. John said first John 1 and 8 if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us but that same John in the same book first John 3 and 9 says whosoever is born of God hath the inner man whosoever is born of God do not sin for the for the seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin the part that can't sin is the inner man the part that can't quit is the outer man, over the years God's going to take over that outer man, he's going to take it over, when you get old I've said this a thousand times you'll have a thin veneer of sin and you won't be able to get rid of it the longer you live at 82 I don't want the sin I used to want, I just don't want it it's hard work there's a lot to pay, not a payment on that. There's a payment for sin. God's going to kill off another man. The whole idea of this right here. And fourteen says, "For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, that's the inner man." The Holy Spirit is truth. John fourteen fifteen sixteen. John fifteen twenty six. John sixteen thirteen. First John five and six. The Spirit is the truth. So as many as are led by the truth, they are the sons of God. Boy, that answers a lot of questions from the Old Testament. Fallen angels couldn't be sons of God because they're not led by the truth. And then I've got a million things to say about that, but I won't say any more. And then he goes on through here, and then he talks about, I'm kind of giving you a review. He talks about the creature which was Adam in the garden in verse 20 was made subject unto vanity, matiotes, M-A-T-A-I-O-T-E-S, M-A-T-A-I-O-T-E-S, subject to vanity, now that's not always the word vanity, but it is in this case, it means transientness futility, empty, profitless, foolish that's what vanity is Adam was made subject to vanity because he was made out of corrupt dust and but not willingly. it wasn't Adam's will that he was made that way but by reason of God it says him but of God who hath subjected the same in hope he made man subject to vanity and subject and he made him subject to hope when he believed him and then it goes into groaning, which has to do with that carnal man. It has to do with getting rid of this outer man. And he says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth. Groaneth sustenazo I'm just reviewing a couple of weeks ago. Sustenazo. Sustenazo comes from Sue, or soog, or Sum or Soon. It means in fellowship. It means all the believers are stenazo. That's the word groan. That is just the verb form of the word stenos. Stenos is the word straight is the gate. And narrow is the way. And you have to go through the straight gate when you're a believer. God insists in doing it. The further you go in life, the more he makes the gate straight. And the more groaning there is because it's the more witnessing you do and more cross you bear, more pride is brought out of your life. He brought out everything by daily cross, tribulation, and trials. And then you go through groaning all through this chapter. You really can't give people Romans eight twenty nine without giving them at least a at least a little bit of the whole chapter. Because the whole purpose of the groaning, and he's talking about us groaning in verse twenty three, even ourselves groan within ourselves, we're groaning because it's the outer man being eliminated. Something's happened that our flesh doesn't want to happen. We want to hold on to it. And Christ says, no. He makes you surrender over the years. You don't surrender all at once. Oh, you may say, I want to give my heart to Jesus, but you can't give your heart to Jesus. He don't want your old filthy heart. He has to give you a new heart. He has to birth you by his will. And then he goes on down here and talks about groaning again in verse in verse 26 but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings somebody said yesterday on the phone to me uh, said something about intercessory prayer we can't make intercession for people the word in the old testament is the word pagal, and in the new it is n-t-u-g-c-h-a-n-o Both of them mean the same thing. It means to impinge progress. Only God can impinge. You're about to get yourself in a bind. You're coming to this crossroads in life, and you're about to be hit by this car, and God himself can come over and knock that car out of the way. But you can't do that. Only he knows where he wants you to go by impinging your progress. So then he says, And we know that all things work together for good. Everything you've gone through that's caused your groaning, that's the carnal man that hasn't walked after the Spirit, that the carnal mind was enmity against God, and that's most of what you were when you came to Christ. We're talking about tribulation and trial and the purpose in it. And it all points back to verse 25. And Paul points back to all that that outer man, or the old man, all through the 25th chapter. And it actually takes you back to the 6th chapter. Goodness gracious life. And it takes you back to verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, the inner man, but with the flesh, the law of sin. That's the outer man. Now, I want us to go back to six. We're gonna see that we're gonna see that man being crucified. So this book of Romans is all one thought all the way through it. Let's go back to back to chapter six. In chapter six, well I didn't give you Romans eight twenty nine. The whole purpose of that eight twenty nine, all that groaning Getting rid of the fleshly man, in Romans eight twenty nine. For whom he did for is a subordinate conjunction. Subordinate means it has to obey what has been said about groaning, about the flesh. Am I getting too far? Is it too hard? No. Good. Because <laughs> this is what God is doing to every one of His children whatever troubles you have in life, it's part of God's program to get rid of you and me. Then he says, For, because of everything he said, who he just said, when it all, that all this groaning works together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called the inner man according to his purpose. Then he said, For whom he did no." Foreknow- he had a family that he prognosco, pro prognosco, for whom he did know intimately beforehand. Pro means before, and gnosco means to know intimately beforehand. He also did predestinate. The whole idea of predestination prohorizo is the word forget the word predestinate it is the word prohorizo it means to be fore determined for the horizo horizo and the bible speaks of that that is the word horizon they added an end to it the latins put an end on it later on so he predestined be predetermined for the horizon you know what that is that's forgiveness because the horizon is the division of day and night or light and darkness. Let me write this down. If you can get a hold of this in one time around, you can do more than I've been able to do. I have been digging on this for years to be able to understand more about predestination. I want to know what does it all mean? So it means to be full horizon. The ones that he foreknew, he's the one that birthed them by his will, not by their will. And he's going to take over our lives with all kinds of trials and tribulation and just everything, the fiery trials. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. It's not a strange thing. enos X-E-N-O-S, comes from Canizzo, X-E-N-I-Z-O X-E-N-I-Z-O which means an occasional guest this is not an occasional guest think it not as an occasional guest which is to try you it's a daily thing in the life of all believers to get rid of this outer man and to predestine him for the horizon because horizo is the word predestined O-R-I-Z-O that's the word horizon and pro means before to before determined for the horizon and the horizon is the division of light and darkness horizon has basically the same meaning as forgiveness 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 is the word aphesis, A P H E S I S. And aphesis means to pardon and release from prison. And prison is the word Phulake. Phulake means the division of day and night are light and darkness. That's what prison means. Now, if he's predetermined us for the light, he's going to bring us out of the prison of darkness, and that's what predestination is. This man walks in darkness out here, and the Bible says, now you are the light of the world. You are light, he said, he told the Ephesians, walk in the light as Christ is in the light. That's what John said. Now, if we walk in the light, he's got to get rid of the darkness in our life, which is sin, and he does it with tribulation and trials. Without the definition of these words, you can't really see all this. That's why he's predestined to be conformed to the likeness of the inner man, his son, this whole chapter is talking about the outer and the inner man. Now let's look at some let's look at some places where we've got this outer and the inner man. I love this I have been studying predestination since I was twenty one and every time I turn around, I do you know I haven't seen this whole chapter adding up like this till the last few weeks haven't seen the haven't seen we're predestined to be like Christ the inner man and get rid of the outer man of chapter 7 you can actually study this whole book and it will tell you about predestination all the way through it because it's about God getting rid of the outer man now look here let's go back to chapter 6 what will you? What shall we say then? Do you start a, a new thought with what shall we say then? No, I've already told you. Chapter verses, chapter headings and verses are not inspired. What shall we say then? Is a response to something we just said in chapter five, wasn't it? Well, let's back up to chapter five. Moreover, the law entered. That uh, that the offense verse? 20. verse twenty that that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded in the outer man, because he's he's talking about that all the way through here. Grace did much more abound in the inner man. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by jesus christ the inner man then he says what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound god forbid shall we continue in here that in all this sin no he wants to stop it because he's going to tell us it's the outer man in chapter 7 but let's read son of chapter 6 God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? What's dead to sin is the inner man. The outer man is thriving in your life. And in mine, while I was young, I've got a little bit of that left. It's not all gone yet. I pray. When it's it's all gone will be the day I die. Know you not that so many of us, as were baptized into Christ, were baptized unto his death. That's the, we were baptized, that's the inner man being baptized. Baptized, comes from baptizo, and bapto. Baptizo means to cover, Bapto means to stain or to die. Baptize originally was not a verb. Mr. Strong will tell you that in the mclennan and Strong. If you don't have a mclennan and Strong, you can look it up on the internet. Just have your search engine search for McClinic and Strong encyclopedias and look up baptize. He'll tell you this very thing. He says baptize was a verbal noun. Now, I know what a verbal noun is. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say what it is. A verbal noun is an infinitive. It is a noun nonetheless. It is not a verb. Why are people doing this? Over the years, the church has gotten worse and worse and fallen further and further away from the truth. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. If Christ has washed us from our sins in his own blood, then that's true baptism. One Lord, one faith, one baptism is a blood baptism and that's death to self. That's death to the outer man. That's what it is. Death to that outer man. But that comes hard. Don't happen all of a sudden one day. Don't you want to do? Most of us here here are over 50, aren't we? All of us are over 50. Don't you want to do less sin today than you want to do when you are 25 or 30? Boy, I want to do a lot less. I just, I am so ashamed of the things I've done in the past. I've asked God to forgive me every day for the sins of my past. He's already forgiven me. He said, "I'll remember him no more." But you can't remember. You can't forget him, Jim. And I ask God to forgive me constantly. I feel like such a fool for things I've done, and I know if you're a believer, you do too. Don't you? It's just, it's just foolishness. So if it's a verbal noun. When he's talking about baptized here, this is talking about a blood baptism. This is after Jesus is dead. After Jesus is dead, when he was nailed to the cross, all the rituals were nailed to the cross with him. There was a water baptism. That was a baptism of the Pharisees. It's called a proselyte baptism. And I'm not going to go into that right now. I could go for two hours on that. It was the Pharisees' baptism. I'll just say, the Pharisees said, if you be circumcised, washed in water, and offer two turtle doves at the temple, you could become a member of the kingdom of God, which was a naturalization process they had for becoming a, if you came from Rome and you want to be, a, be an Israelite Jew, all you had to do was go through that process. And I've got much on that. Now, Let's get back over here to the sixth chapter. Therefore, verse four, we are buried, buried with him by baptism into death. They did not bury people in the ground if they could keep from it. They put them in a tomb. If we're buried with Christ in baptism, he was put in a tomb. You need to be. If it's water, you need to be baptized sideways, and they need to be put a bunch of of coloring in that water that's red. It it you look up tomb and the T volume of McClinic strong, it'll tell you that the what the what the uh Christians say about baptism dipping people downward, that would be completely alien thought to the Jew. So if there's one baptism, it's blood, it's not water. Now let's keep reading. Therefore we're buried with him by baptism into death, that like Christ was raised up from the dead for the glory of the Father. So he's in us. Even so, we also shall walk in newness of life according to the new man and not this old man that we have been. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. He's gonna resurrect in us more and more over the years. You don't walk in Christ when you're twenty two or twenty three like you do when you're sixty or seventy, no place even close. Can you see that? And what's it all due to all the times the Lord has caused you to bear a cross? You had to be condemned to a cross in the first century. You had to be a slave or you had to be a criminal. Jesus was crucified as a criminal. Romans could not be crucified on a cross. Knowing that our old man, there it is again. Our old man is crucified with him. We're crucified daily. If any man will come after him, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Here's the old man, right here. He starts talking about that before he gets to chapter 7. That our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed over time. The body of sin is the outer man, isn't it? That's the flesh can that's a miracle to run into that isn't it it's like whoa light bulbs going out all over the place that henceforth we should not serve sin but we do until the outer man takes over and very slowly in our life he takes over our lives for he that is dead is freed from sin if you're dead that's the inner man that's freed from sin and the outer man has to go over time. You know what amazes me? People say, you say we still have sin. I didn't say that. John said that. We say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. They don't like the idea that our new birth comes about when we're young. Or if it does come when we're young, God's got to work on us over the years to get rid of our desire for the flesh. Doesn't go away all of a sudden, does it? Doesn't it die real hard? Yes, sir. Now if we be dead with Christ, the inner man, we believe that we should also live with him, live as he destroys this this outer man. You may you may be up here at this point. But a lot of self has died off if you are knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more death hath no more dominion over him for in that he died he died unto sin once there's another thing when these Roman Catholics put him to death all day long calling the victim in the, the mass five and six times a day in some Roman Catholic church he died once but in that he liveth he liveth unto God likewise Reckon yourselves. Logizomai. Consider. Conclude yourselves. Logizomai. L-O-G-I-Z-O M-A-I. That's the word reckon. It means to consider yourself. Consider. Or estimate yourself because of the inner man that's in you reckon yourselves also to be dead indeed unto the outer man the inner man is not going to live with the outer man he says I will not live with a harlot that's the harlot of Babylon that wants to go after let us make us a name to be dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ the Lord did not sin therefore reign in your mortal body and is he reigning oh yeah he does And it maybe I'm, maybe I'm helping you to see something with these chapters that you can't see yourself I haven't done a little bit of thinking on this I have mulled this over in my mind over and over and over and over and then he says that you obey it unto the lust thereof the lust is the outer man epithumia lust e p i t h u m i a. to long for to breathe hard upon your life to long for that which is forbidden which is the outer man in his sin neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin that's the outer man but yield yourselves unto God the inner man that's Jesus who is God in our flesh it's Christ in you the hope of glory now let's keep reading for sin sin shall have shall not have dominion over you that outer man is not going to stay if you're really truly a Christian Let me tell you, this is a battle between the inner man and the outer man. The outer man is your flesh. The inner man is Christ. Guess who's going to win? Not you. Not me. If you belong to Christ, you've got to give up sin. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin with the outer man because that we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid, and I love verse sixteen. I've quoted this a thousand times. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, either to the inner man or the outer man. His servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, you will if you belong to God, He's not going to leave you alone. He birthed Himself in you, and you will give up. Now, I've got to go to some other places. Let me go ahead and read verse 17. But God be thanked that you were servants of sin, you were servants of that outer man, before He birthed you with the inner man. But you have obeyed from the heart, from the inner man, that form of doctrine, which was delivered unto you. All this is about the inner and the outer man. Can you see that? This is one thought going all the way through Romans. It just goes on and on. Let me read a little more. Speak after the manner. Being made free from sin, verse 18, you became the servants of righteousness. You're made free from the outer man, but he won't go away. You live in the flesh as long as you live in a body that desire is going to be there until you get old and wore out like me you get to be 82 you don't want to go out dancing and go chasing women you just don't want it it's it's hard work where's the flesh at I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh your body is infirm that's the outer man For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness, the outer man, and to iniquity, unto iniquity, that's the outer man, even so now yield your members to servants, to righteousness, the inner man, unto holiness and godliness. For when ye were servants of sin, that outer man, before Christ was birthed in you, And you don't have anything to do with Christ being birthed. And guess what? You don't have anything to do with him requiring you give up the flesh. He requires that of every believer. You were free from righteousness when you were serving the flesh. This whole chapter is about the inner and the outer man. Can you see that? What fruit had ye then in these things? wherein you are now ashamed well you got the fruit of the spirit of Christ when he's in you and you had the works of the flesh out here you find that over there in Hebrews the fourth chapter the works of the flesh are these adultery fornication etc but now verse 22 now being made free from sin that's the inner man and become servants of God you have your fruit unto holiness that's the inner man and the end everlasting life for the wages of sin the outer man is death there's pay for it but the gift of God boy that's a famous verse all the baptist preachers use it to try to get people to accept Christ the point is you're not accepting Christ the work began with Christ He's going to continue it till the day of Jesus Christ until he kills you off. Now, I want to look at some more Paul's writings about the inner and the outer man. Go over here to the book of Colossians. Go to Colossians. This inner and the outer man is very compelling to me. You know how you look this up in your concordance? get a concordance it's not hard to find if you're willing to work at it just get a concordance and open it up to O and you look up outer man and just thumb through it see how many times it's talking about the outer man having to die off and write it down. Then take your same concordance and look up I and look up inner man. Look up outward, outwardly, inner, and it'll tell you all about this these two men. And they're in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I believe that is that clarifies more about how we live than anything else I don't even know I've never heard anybody even speak about this let me erase some of this so I can use the board alright look here in Colossians the third chapter we're going to see this in the outer man alive and well I'm going to erase this we've already settled on the fact that the only problem with man is himself. It's the outer man. And God's got to get rid of it. Now he commands us in this third chapter of Colossians. You got an inner you got an outer man, and he's got certain kinds of evil qualities in him. And these have to be have to leave. And God is not even inviting you to leave. Anytime the Bible says, Put on, put on, the inner man. And it says that in this chapter. Then it tells you all the things the inner man is. And it will say, Put off, put off, and it'll talk about the outer man. I'm talking right I'm writing while I'm talking. Outer man. And it'll give you all of the it'll give you all of the things that the outer man maybe not everything, but it will be included in every other chapter. And it, this word put on is the word in duo. And duo means to sink into clothing. Now that's very important. Because when you see sink into clothing, what is our clothing? Isn't it the blood of Christ? If you look over there in the seventh chapter of Revelation, the angel is talking to John. And John sees a great multitude around the throne of God clothed in righteousness. And the angel asked John, do you know what these are? John said, thou knowest. And he said, what are these? And the angel says, these are those who have made their clothing, their robes white in the blood of Christ. So the clothing the robes of the righteous is the same thing as blood. Well, that would be a baptism, wouldn't it? Baptism. And notice how these things connect together. Galatians 3.27 says, As many of you at galatia as have been baptized been baptized into christ into christ have put on put on christ that word put on is the word in duo. So, our clothing in duo means to sink into clothing. So, anywhere we find put on as a command, it's going to be the same thing as the inner man, the same thing as baptism, the same thing in Ephesians the 6th chapter Ephesians the 6th chapter put on this is imperative mood this is imperative mood imperative means a command God is not asking you if you'd like to put on the inner man he is commanding it if you're a believer you have to put it on you have to put off all the things that are the outer man. I don't know why I erased that, but you gotta put on put on the inner man and put off the outer man. Put on this man in here. Put on. And that's Christ in you, Colossians one twenty seven. One twenty seven christ in you the hope of glory that so it doesn't matter where you find this it's really the bible is not as hard as people make it all the things that have the same meaning they're equal to each other that's a mathematical axiom things equal to the same thing are equal to each other when you go over to ephesians before i get to colossians here's what you're putting on here's the baptism here in ephesians 6th chapter. Then we'll take us over to, over to Colossians. Ephesians, the 6th chapter. Down here, in verse 11. Put on, in duo, sink in the clothing, the whole armor. That's the baptism, isn't it? See, baptized doesn't mean what people think. It has many facets to it put on. The whole armor, the pano plania, panoprenea. Plania. It is a command that we put on the whole armor. It means utensil or tool. Whatever tool it takes to fight that outer man. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's wily, he's trickery. And the word devil is diabolos. D-I-A-B-O-L-O-S. We don't talk about that very much. B-O-L-O-S. That's the other word for devil. It means one who seduces. So you can fight against seduction. Being led away by false doctrine. By money. By things. And then he says, for... Here's the problem. This is what the whole armor of God is for, and he tells you what it's for. I used to quote this in every church when I was young. Put on the whole armor of God, that me be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, the outer man, but against principalities, principalities is the word histame excuse me it's a word that means the dwelling place of a prince and Satan is the prince of the power of the air against powers against the rulers of the darkness that's what the outer man look here rulers of the darkness of this world darkness what is it that rules the darkness let's go back to Genesis the first chapter and look at that Genesis the first chapter verse 16 God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light the moon to rule the darkness He made the stars also. So he made the moon. The moon worshippers were the Babylonians, the ones that said, let us make us a name. Let us make us. Boy, this will get into a lot of depth, but I won't go that far today. Make us a name. All of the Babylonians said that the moon held more honor than the sun it was pleasant it wasn't hot like during the day it was pleasant at night and they worshiped the lord moon they called the moon the man of the moon because it looked like there there were man in the moon and they worshiped him and everywhere over in the middle east you'll see the crescent moon upon the flags of the turks It'll be somewhere in the flags of the Iranians and the Pakistanians. They always have the Lord Moon there. So what we're wrestling with, we're wrestling with the outer man that says, let me make me a name. Shem, authority. And he's fighting God with that outer man. He's fighting the inner man. Then he says against the rulers of the darkness against spiritual wickedness in high places the high places was where they kept in the Old Testament outside the city it was a mountainous area and they kept all of their tree goddesses which was represented by the Lord Moon so you're wrestling against the Babylonians but if you don't understand the terminology, you're never going to get a hold of it. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, and it tells you what you're putting on. It takes a lot of years to put all this on. It doesn't happen all at once. That you may be able to withstand, and his to stand against the outer man in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, Having your lawns girt about with truth. This is what you put on when you put on the baptism. When you put on the whole armor of God. If you sink into clothing and it's the armor of God, and it's the baptism, that's death to self. You will have to take on all of this. Your lawns girt about with aletheia. A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A. Of course, it comes from lanthano, which means to hide, which means to hide or conceal. And the alpha in front of a word negates the following word. It means not to hide anything. So, as you grow older, you get to where you want to know the words and the meaning of them, I'll tell you what really makes you free is when you start using these Greek words with acquaintances. You don't have to say, I don't know all of them. You don't have to know all of them. All you have to do is know three or four and just use them. If they ask you something you don't know, say, I don't know about that, but I'll find out and I'll tell you about it next time I see you. And then he says, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, dikaiosune. It comes from the word decay, which is the word right. Do what's right. That will protect your breastplate and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel is peaceful, gospel of irene it means to bring together into one means to be peaceful this is the clothing of God and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace well that would take me over to Luke the third chapter Luke the third chapter verse 3 said John came preaching the baptism of repentance, which was prepare you the way of the Lord, baptism is prepare the way. Prepare the whole That's also the gospel. Who knows? Prepare way. And the Bible says the beginning of the gospel in Mark one is prepare you the way. So the gospel and the baptism are one and the same prepare the way, prepare the hodos, and it's narrow, so that is, and narrow is the same basic word as tribulation. There's that thing that's going to deliver us from that outer man. Then he says, Above all these, taking the shield of faith, Boy, you know what that's going to take us. This is part of our clothing. This is part of what we put on. Put on. In duo. Sink into this clothing. It's the same thing as a blood baptism. The only... A blood baptism was a death. The only way you could put these things on is death to self. And then he says, Above all, taking the shield of faith. Whatever faith is, faith is substance, Understanding. Substance, understanding, And Notice the way all of this goes together. Faith is understanding, hypostasis. So if you're putting on faith, this is your clothing. You see that? It's part of the clothing. It's all one clothes. It's a blood baptism. And you can connect this with the gospel when he says the gospel of peace. The gospel is the blood baptism, Luke 4 and 3. Uh, Luke 3 and 3. And it's also the beginning of the gospel is prepare you the way in Mark 1. So that's the gospel. And the gospel will be peaceful. irine. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith is substance. Understanding. You cannot understand unless you are mathetes, which is a disciple. And you can't be a disciple without a daily cross. Jesus said so. So in Luke fourteen twenty seven, So you have to be bearing a cross to get rid of that outer man you have to be because all this is that's an imperative command when it says put on you have to put it on it's a imperative command from God if Paul is speaking for God then he is commanding all of God's people to put on and everything we've talked about faith is faith works Faith works by love, and that's agape. John, Galatians four and six, agape, and that's a agape is a relationship of kings to their subjects. Second John six, this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is agape. So if it says here put on faith you have to be putting on love and man you know what all that includes that's going to include all those things in Galatians the the fifth chapter when the Bible says the fruit of the spirit is the word is is a is a singular present tense verb being singular and fruit harpas is singular and if it's singular it's all one fruit it's all one fruit just like a cluster of grapes put on the whole uh, Put or the fruit of the spirit is love well everything else in that list is a part of love because love is is singular and fruit is singular. So love, joy, peace, long-suffering, generous, sweetness, goodness, faith. That's all a part of the fruit of the Spirit. So that has to do with faith. And faith is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. And they're all singular. Harpas is singular. Fruit. So, if you got one fruit of the spirit, you got them all. So, when the Bible says, down here, faith is a part of the armor of God, a part of the clothing of God. You know what this entails? You have to go off just from his faith and go to Agape, go to all the things that that all the fruit of the spirit means. And you'd have to go over there to 2 Peter 1 and 5. Besides all this, give all diligence. Add to your faith. And it will talk about increasing faith. So faith has to increase. And it names seven things. So if that... Let me just get back to this. And above all, taking the shield of all these words that have to do with faith. Wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I like that word quench. Sword the word asbestos. <laughs> it means put out the fire of the fiery darts. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's the clothing of God right there. Put on. Well, you can't get away from, and I could go into further verses, but let's go over here to Colossians. I'm in name to get. How much time do I have, Mike? 16. I can't get through this. Let me give you two verses in Colossians. We're talking about putting on this inner man, getting rid of the outer man. The outer man, I keep saying, he dies hard. That's self. That's the demon of you. That's the demon of self. Demon means to distribute fortunes. And that's all this man wants. He wants more attention, more awards, more car, more house, a better job, more money, more of me. That's what he wants. I keep asking you this. I had to learn this as I grew older. If we have somebody coming to the church, he's got a brand new Mercedes out there in the parking lot. And he lives in a $2 million house out here. And he's got a five-carat diamond ring on his pinky finger. But he's a real nice guy. But all he does is talk about his prosperity and his things and his stuff and he's not being mean he's just talking about himself you have another man come in he's real gentle he's real quiet very unassuming and he just wants to pick people up and help them all the time which one of these guys do you want to be around which one number two Guess what? If you can be one of these two men, people out there in the world are gonna to want to be around you. If you're the second man there. If if you don't learn to be. I ha- I learned that when I took on this older this outer, this inner man. This outer man had to die. The outer man was Jim Brown, in my life. Jim Brown. And I had to learn to be free-hearted as I grew older. I'm real free-hearted now. You can have what I got. I don't mean everybody come begging. I mean, if somebody's really in trouble, I'll help you. I won't let you sink. We are all all one family. We're part of one family. I'm not going to let you go under if I have anything to do with it. And I used to be exactly opposite. If I made the money in real estate, I say this is my money, and I'm not going to let you have this. To become free hearted and unselfish is very difficult because that's the very nature of man and women. Sorry, it's the way it is. Now, I want us to go to Colossians. I'm going to read two verses here to you. But I'm going to have to take some time on the two verses. And I may have to go into this next week. Alright. Let me read this to you here. In Colossians 3. Alright. Verse 8. But now ye also put off all these this is in the outer man anger that's the word or gay sometimes it's the word wrath that's why you got to look them up or gay put off let me erase this put off or gay or gay is the is a man's wrath that he has for somebody beating him out of money or out of something or out of position or get more glory than he's getting. Has anybody been beat by anybody and you had an or in it and you didn't like the way people did you? Or Ada. The Ada is feminine gender. The reason is feminine. The R is the revenge Of a covetous man. That's the outer man, isn't it? This man's gotta die. Put it off. You can't you can't put on the inner man all of a sudden. That takes years. But there's an old saying, experience is the best teacher. If you listen to the teacher, don't just every time something happens to you, I'm going to get him for that. What do you do when somebody's doing you wrong? In the 12th chapter of Romans, I started to read this two weeks ago, and I didn't read all of it. In the 12th chapter of Romans, Romans 12, i got to finish it right now. What do you do when somebody's hurting you? Nothing. You, knew not, you do nothing. You learn to stay away from them, you pull away from them. But when he says, uh, I started here in verse 16, Be of the same mind one toward another he's talking about bless and curse not when somebody's doing you wrong be of the same mind one toward another mind not hide things don't think about being above others but condescend level yourself to men of lowest state be not wise in your own conceits recompense no man evil for evil don't ever do that Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men in the church. That's what he's talking about. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to or gay. Let it happen. Just get away from it. It don't mean to take revenge. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. If anybody gets revenge, God says, I'll get it in my time, not when you want it to happen. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine hunger enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. It don't mean give a man ice cream and cake. If you bless him, give him the word of God. Now go back over here to back over here to the it's going to take me a while to go through this third chapter of Colossians. He says, put off anger, wrath. Now, that word wrath there is thumu, T H U M O N, thuman. And it means hated anger, malice, kakia, k A K I A. kakia comes from the word kakos which is the word evil all through the New Testament means worthless or empty anything that doesn't profit put it off in your life malice blasphemy speaking against the word of God well I don't believe that predestination well then you don't believe God Fill the communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another. Speak speak, ye every man truth to his neighbor, Zachariah said. Speak truth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on, there's the new man, you put on the new man The outer man. But it takes years for you to give up all this anger and malice. Were you able to get rid of your temper real easy? Anybody got rid of their temper real easy? Even though you're low-keyed, I told my low-keyed brother-in-law, who never raised his voice hardly ever. I said, things that wouldn't bother me eat you up inside don't they he said yeah they do he's real quiet all the time i said they i said what doesn't bother me and i let people get by with it you look like you're quiet all the time all quiet men are just like all the rest of us they've got that inner that outer man alive and well in them even though you know somebody that don't look like they do they do Put on the new man, which now starts telling you what putting on the new man is. And you tell me if you think do this all of a sudden. Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. Knowledge is epi, G-N-O-S-I-S. Epigenosis means complete, cover your life with knowledge. How long does it take to learn the scriptures? I've spent, gosh, I have spent since I was 17, started studying the Bible. And do I know all of it? No. All I know is a little at a time. After the image of him that created him, And there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, nor barbarian nor Scythian. But Christ is all in all. And here's what you put on. Now tell me you can, I'm not going to be able to finish this today. I'll have to come back. Put on, this is your clothing. Sink into clothing. In duo. In duo. In duo. Sinking into clothing getting rid of this outer man how long does it take the inner man to take over the outer man was well, taken most of my life I didn't get rid of a lot of my anger till my early 60s I'm 82 now I don't get angry at anybody anymore if somebody brings up anger I say I don't want to talk about that leave that alone put on therefore as the elect of God holy holy Haggaioth would you call yourself holy means single or pure what does it take to make you single or pure takes fire years of fire so the outer man will go away a lot of fire a lot of tribulation a lot of persecution and God will raise your enemies up against you so you can learn that he's doing it and that you don't have any business getting angry at them just turn them over to God and say Lord you, you deal with them as you want to holy, beloved agapao sometimes beloved is agapatos in this case it's agapao or it's agape, well, that's walking in the commandments of God. How long does it take the inner man to start learning to walk in God's commandments and get rid of the outer man? It takes a lifetime. Bowels of mercies, Splanknon. That's like they said that a person that was merciful. In the first century, that he felt something in his bowels for someone that was having a hard time. When I see people having a hard time, I want to help them, especially if they're believers. I want to reach out to them. We give away about two thousand dollars a month to some ladies that are, some men that are just struggling in life. One of them had a car wreck in two thousand. Six, she's been a paraplegic ever since. She's not an old woman; she's a younger lady. You think that's not hard? I got another lady in Amarilla. She's got leukemia, and her her chemotherapy bill is about fifteen thousand a month. That's paid for by our doctors, or by our insurance. But she hadn't got much left to live on. She makes less than $1,000 a month, and her rent's 450 I have compassion for that. I'm thinking, Lord, how can she make it? And I just reach out to help. Then he goes on to say, and if you don't have that feeling, I, I always remember, I had a paper out in Fort Worth when I was 13. And... I remember on my paper one day, I saw a little puppy dog that got run over by a car, and I just got sick. I just thought, oh, man, and that welled up in my in my bowels. And I just thought, oh, me. I did, couldn't express the sadness I felt. If you have no sadness for that, there's some people that like to, they start off as serial killers killing animals when they're young and they have fun doing it and I couldn't do that at all. Kindness. Crestatos. Crestatos means to give somebody something that's needful. So you're commanded to put these things on. Humbleness of mind. How long does it take that outer man to get humble? T-A-P-E-I. S o p h r o n u e, tepaso, tepai, It means to be gentle and humble and caring for people. If you don't have a humble spirit, you got a long way to go because the inner man is requiring the outer man to humble himself humble yourself under the hand of God the hand of God is the evil man they're the people that's going to bring tribulation in your life here and you're going to wake up one day and say these evil men are the hand of God cutting me down I'll come back to more of this meekness prowess you say I thought you were meek when you come to Christ well, you cannot be meek to men and meek to God at the same time. You can't be humble to men and humble to God at the same time. If you're humble to God, you do what He says. If you're meek to men and you look tame, God's got to tame that outer man. He's alive and well and He's got a lot of fierceness in Him. Forbearing one, long-suffering, Do you have long suffering? Macrothumia, M-A-K-R-O-T-H-U-M-I-A means to suffer a long time and put up with a lot before you lose it. I'm out of time. I'll come back to this next week. This third chapter of Colossians is about putting on the new man, the inner man, and he describes how you go through all this. What you put off and what you put on. You read the whole chapter in the first part of it, it'll tell you what you're putting off. It doesn't happen overnight. I'm out of time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth. I pray, Lord, that you will fight my battles. I i got many people that want to destroy this ministry. Stop them, Lord. Either save them or stop them one, Lord. Cause them to be, take a second look at their own life. Lord, forgive me where I've failed you and I've failed others. Strengthen the sheep that's with grace and truth. And we'll give you praise for everything. We believe everything is happening is of you. In Christ's name, amen. I can't get through this inner and outer man. I've got them all over the place. They're everywhere. Every time the Bible speaks of the Spirit, it's talking about the inner man. Every time it talks about the flesh, it's talking about the outer man.